Welcome to the Arte Agave podcast. This episode is going to feature Yasmin. Uh, Yasmin was in the corporate world and she left, started her own Mexican boutique. Um, she works with artisans straight from Mexico, uh, making traditional clothing. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Um, and always remember, if you are into tequila and mezcal, visit arteagave.com. We are your one-stop shop for live events, getting to know the brands that you love and the ones that you're interested in getting to know more. Uh, plus, we also do a lot of virtual events. So check us out. So I hope you enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome to another episode of Arte Agave podcast. Um, excited here today. You know, we've been doing a lot of brands, um, but we will, it's, it's really cool when you get a business owner. Um, so I think the best thing to do, Yasmin, is just to start off with, just tell everyone who you are and just a quick background um, on your business. Absolutely. So my name is Yasmin Castañeda, and I started Origin Mexico in 2020 after working in the corporate field for 20 plus years. I decided to pivot and to pursue a project that I was very passionate about, uh, but I didn't really have an opportunity to really start this project years prior until just recently. Coincidentally, it was right before the pandemic. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to work with artists and women in Mexico. They handcraft all of the items that we that we sell, that we promote. Um, I work with three artists and families specifically. Everything is handmade, handcrafted. And our goal is to really preserve the artistry of Mexican hand embroidery, as well as helping artists and women create a better quality of life for them, for their children. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's exciting. And I'm just very fortunate that I'm actually able to do something that I'm very, I love it. And it's very fulfilling. Awesome. And that's, so I, I was on your website the other day. Um, obviously, you know, you were part of Arte Agave in the past. Now this, this business that you have origin of Mexico is pretty new. It's fairly right? new, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I started with the, with an idea maybe seven, eight years ago. But at that point, I was working as a corporate strategist for a, a real estate firm, completely different to what I'm doing right now. So I was in corporate America. I was doing that for a number of years. I really enjoyed it. But I was getting to a point in my life where it wasn't as fulfilling. I didn't feel like I was creating an impact in, in the ways that really resonated with me. I was in other ways, obviously, but um, nothing that allowed me to leave a lasting mark in in the lives of other people. And also just to, to um, give an example to my daughters. And that was really important for me. So I definitely, I, I pivoted, I decided to pursue this. One of the reasons why I was able to do this is we moved from California, from San Diego to the Austin area in 2020. And as everyone knows, California is very expensive. The cost of living is extremely high. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't able to really, I didn't have the bandwidth. I didn't have the, the capacity to go for it 100% until I moved to Austin, to Texas. But I really have been dreaming of doing this for a number of years. I, I was very fortunate to travel when I was younger. And then also um, in my early 20s, I had amazing travel experiences in, in Mexico. And that's how I really sort of found the love of connecting with artisans, getting to know them as persons, as people, and to really just understand their their, their specific cultures. Because in, in Mexico, every region, you have a very specific dialect, a culture, an embroidery um, design that is that it is gives a lot of significance to that specific region. Wow, that's cool. So you so you're one of the one of the million people that moved from California down to Austin, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I know. It's it's so funny now because initially we um you know, we were so proud of the fact that oh yeah, we just moved. It's a new place. We love Austin. We have friends here. We're only about 2 hours away from our families in Mexico. It was um, a great a great spot for us. And within the first couple of days, my husband and I, we realized, okay, maybe let's not share that we're from California. <laughs> so, you know, we, we both grew up in Mexico and yeah. I was born in California and 
when I was young, my mom decided to move us to Tijuana, to, to Mexico. So now my husband and I, we just say that we're from Mexico and we just kind of, you know, forget that we lived 20 years and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that's super cool. So so you were born born in California and then moved to Tijuana. So you, yes, you kind of so I was born. Yeah. Yeah, I was born in California. Um, I was about three or four years old when my mom decided to move us to Mexico, which is opposite to what people yeah. do typically. Yeah. Right. But she had um, several businesses in, in Mexico and that required her to be there, you know, have just more of a physical presence there. And I essentially grew up living in Tijuana and would travel to the States every day mm. to go to school. Um, wow. And it's, yeah, so that really allowed me to have that bicultural upbringing, you know, where you live in Mexico, you drive to maybe two hours because, of course, there is that that wait time, um, and you drive to San Diego every day, and that's basically our what we did every day. Wow. So, how was? I mean, how is that? You know, being in America, living in Mexico, going to school in America. Is, is that strange? Was it fun? Was it difficult? Like the different cultures or all the culture because they're so close together were, were the same? Like g give me kind of a little bit of uh, how school was for, for you growing up. Yeah, you know, it was a lot of fun and I didn't have any other point of reference. So for me, hmm. it was completely normal <laughs> to wake right. up at 5 a.m. You know, school starts at 8, but you wake up three hours prior because, of course, that there is that border wait time. There is usually a mom that, you know, is like handling the carpool. She picks you up. She drops you off at school. And then so it was like completely normal for me and my brothers. Um, so you're going across the border? Every day? Yep. Every day. Wow. Yeah. I know. I know. Which is so... <laughs> yeah. When you grow up um, in the Tijuana-San Diego border, it is definitely a thing because a lot of uh, my friends did that. And I was raised partially in LA. So it was very normal for us to, to do this. And so it was amazing because you wake up and you speak Spanish, you have a Mexican breakfast, you know, everything's in Spanish, TV news, radio, whatnot. Yeah. And within an hour, you're sort of fully immersed in, in, in a different culture. And it's interesting because without you realizing it, like your mannerisms even change. Like I realized that about yeah. myself, like, oh, wow. You know, I, I act slightly different just to be able to adapt yourself to kind of your environment in a way. Mm -hmm. And and I actually now I think it's kind of a great thing because it gives you that adaptability factor yeah. without even right. realizing it. Um, but yeah, so every day you wake up, you get ready. I mean, you definitely have to wake up super early and you go to school in the States. Um, some of your classmates also do this. Others may not. The majority don't. They live in San Diego. Uh, but there is such a high concentration of people in San Diego that do this. And it's so normal for us. Um, yeah. I didn't know that it was a different upbringing until we moved to Texas because mm. we are in Austin. We're about mm. maybe, I think we're about four hours away from the border here yep. in, in El Paso. So a lot of people are like, wait, you grew up in Mexico, but then you studied in the States. And you're like, yep. And my husband also did the same thing, but in awesome. a different city. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Super cool. I I guess I just never this is the first time I've ever heard that. I just I assumed you're in one country. You go to school yeah. in that country. Like it, I've seen like some towns going across and stuff but not like country to country. That is that's super cool. Like I think that's a, that yeah. is a lot of fun. Wow, that's and I'm so glad that you had a good experience with that. That's really cool. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, when I was old enough to actually uh, take public transportation. I would do that on my own. I mean, you definitely learn a lot of uh, to be independent and figure things out. <laughs> it builds character, right? Um, you know, I would take uh, public transportation, you know, a couple of taxis, buses in Tijuana, and then cross the border, take a trolley, take another bus and go to school.
So that was my daily routine. And now I'm like, well, how did I even do that? Like, I can't even walk, you know, minutes how, because how it's like an inconvenience. When, when you were doing this by um, yourself, like, what age did you get to be 13? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was 13. I mean, but back in the day, it was different. You know, I didn't even have a cell phone. So, I mean, it's so strange now to even it, think about it. You know, that's so funny because it, it is strange. You imagine, like, and I have a 10 year old daughter, and like, we let her just kind of, right. probably most of the parents are like, oh, they're, they're very letting their kids be independent. But 13, no cell phone. Just going to a different country every day. Good luck. Here's your, here's your lunch. Yeah, bag. we'll see you later. I know. Yeah, In ten hours. Hopefully, like. I know. You know, it's funny now because I'm also a mom, and I, of yeah. course, you know, make sure that I know where my kids are at any given moment. You know, throughout yeah. the day. But I'm like, wow, yeah, things times were different before. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. How old? How old is your? We have one daughter or two kids. Three, how many kids? Do you have? I have actually. I have three daughters. One okay. is twenty one. Wow. Yeah, okay. my oldest twenty one. I have an eight year old and I have a four year old. The four year old wow. is four, going on thirty. <laughs> <laughs> She's my strong willed child. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I have a ten. I have a ten year old. That's uh, very, very much like that. We love it. I love the fact that she's so strong-willed and opinionated, but you know, it's right. like, sometimes you got to do the dishes, girl. Like, you know what I mean? There's some, yeah. there's some basics. <laughs> I want, I want to keep that strength in you, but at the same time you got to clean yeah. your room. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we, we joke with, with my husband that I'm like, okay, we really want to embrace it and encourage that trait. Yeah. But you know, sometimes 5 a.m., haven't had my coffee yet. It's just, it's a struggle to, to manage certain situations. <laughs> and yeah. we're like, yeah, you go girl, but not at 5am. <laughs> yeah. That we're, we're in the same boat. Like we won't, you know, she's very opinionated, very strong, a lot of good thoughts, but just when it comes to yes. the basics, she's like, why should I do that? I'm like, listen, I, I, I had a conversation yeah. with her yesterday. I was like, listen, we're, <laughs> We're basically training you to your 18 years old. Like we're trying to get you exactly. set for everything else. So these little things that you totally hate, I know you don't want to, I don't know. I know you don't want to hear this, but it is for your benefit. You're going to benefit from this. Everything else, go be creative, go get crazy, go have fun. But like, you need to know some of the rights and the wrongs and some of the basic things to do. And that's why we're here as parents. So get on exactly. board. Um, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes she comes around and sometimes it's, I could see yep. going over her head, but yeah, you just got to keep at it, right? It's like it's like business, running a business. You just got to keep at it, little things every, every day, day, until it pays off. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, or, Origin Mexico, you, you were you were doing more of the corporate life. Um, I think it's awesome that you're just like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna start this business. How was it starting a business in the pandemic? Um, like you're you you have a store, even online, you have a store you can go into as well as an online store or do you have both or one or the other? I don't have a storefront as of yet. I'm still yeah. debating whether that's it for me because uh, one of the reasons why I pursue this is because I really wanted that flexibility. Um, yeah. I was working in the corporate world, like I mentioned, and those are long hours, 10 hour days, 11 hour days, weekends, you travel. So you do miss out a lot on your family life. Um, and that is one of the reasons why I decided to create something that would allow me the flexibility. Um, an interesting point that I realized last year is the artists and women that I work with, um, they are able to stay at home and work with their children beside them. And mm -hmm. that is something that really resonates with me because I know that when my kids were younger, I had to leave them, you know, when they were six months old mm -hmm. or even younger because I had to go back to work. And that was a struggle for me. So later now with this role that I have and the relationships that I've built with the artisans, I'm able to learn that wow, you know, they, they can benefit from their kids being home with them. They work while they have their children next to them, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, so we, we don't have a storefront as of yet. Yeah. Um, it's something that I don't know whether I'll pursue one day, but it's all online. I do also participate in several pop-ups here in Austin and, and work with a couple of other boutiques in Austin where they carry my items so yeah, so for now it's it's purely online. 
That's awesome. So you mentioned your artisan. So is it people in Mexico creating some of these things and you're bringing it here and selling it or how does, I guess, tell me how it all kind of, kind of works. Uh, and I know you have a, like a charity component to it. So yep. yeah, maybe give me the A to Z of exactly yeah. how the business runs and, and what the business is. Absolutely. So I had um, an opportunity to meet several artisans when I was traveling before, not knowing that one day I would actually even think about uh, partnering up with them because I do, they're, they're my partners in a way. Um, so fast forward to 2019, I decided that I really wanted to pursue this full time. And I reconnected with the artists and families that we had previously met through our travels. And it's three, it's mainly three artisan families. They are in Hidalgo, Mexico, in Oaxaca, and in Chiapas. So these are the main um, artisan families and uh, the Hernandez family. I really like to give them recognition by name. So for yeah. instance, a lot of our items are clothing tags it'll say who created the item and how oh, cool. long of the production. Yeah, because it, it's it's really important for me that the customer knows, okay, somebody, this a person created mm. this and it took them 30 hours to handcraft wow. this dress for you. And I think yeah. it, it allows us to really find a different value to things versus something that's mass produced. So yeah, I started to work with them. I started to... Oh sort of initiate that conversation of, I would I would love to start this brand in the States. Would you like to be part of it? And this all happened coincidentally during the pandemic. So it wasn't, mm. of course, not, it wasn't planned to, to yeah. begin in 2020. Um, but I realized in conversation that the artisans were severely impacted by the pandemic in terms of the lack of tourism. So mm -hmm. they mainly um, see their their income through tourism. So they're able to sell through to tourists. And during the pandemic, it was completely like depleted. They had no yeah. funding. They had um, mm -hmm. there were no sales. No, no. The tourism had stopped at that point. So it was a perfect opportunity for us to just really reconnect and partner. And everything's all handmade. That's one of the things that I, that we're very proud about is that, that we really want to preserve that tradition of hand embroidery. And every yeah. region has a very specific embroidery style. So Chiapas has one embroidery style, um, Oaxaca as well, and then Hidalgo. Wow, that's that's super cool. Um, and so how's, um, how's it going for you? I mean, like I said, it's during a pandemic, you're selling online. I mean, that's gotta be better than having a storefront, um, during yeah. the pandemic, but you know, I mean, you still, you seem like you're in good spirit. So I'm assuming it's going pretty good. Um, or maybe you're just a happy person, but I mean, I, I understand the life <laughs> of an entrepreneur. Um, so how's it going? <laughs> two, two years in, how are, how are you feeling? <laughs> I I love it. To be quite honest, you know, I absolutely love it. Although yeah. we've I I have had, you know, some challenges because I come from a very different background in terms of my experience in mm. my you know my business experience. So I've really had to embrace and learn and get out of my comfort zone. Um, so I'm anything I specific. That, my, yeah, anything yeah. specific that stands out of like having to get out of your comfort zone from the corporate world to entrepreneurial world? Uh, yeah. Like do like a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do your own media, your own marketing, your own. Yeah. On my own PR agency. Um, you know, the other day I had a live segment, uh, at a, at a, for a TV station here in Texas. Mm, cool. And I consider myself more of like an introvert. Our, our okay. family joke is that my husband is the extrovert. He's in sales. So he's like the extra extrovert of the family. Um, yep. So I really had to just get out of my comfort zone and just do it. You know, I was yeah. so, I think initially had a lot of self-doubt as to whether yeah. I could do it. I had didn't know anything about e-commerce. There's so many things that you have yeah. to really think about as a business, as you know, you know, as a yeah. business owner. Um, but in a way, I think that my previous career prepared me for this in, in, in some ways to really understand from the business standpoint, what you need to do to, 
to really make a, a, a greater impact. Um, yeah. But me being out there and kind of being the face of our brand in a way has been uh, an experience. <laughs> Well, I mean, and that's, I mean, especially with, you know, podcasts and YouTube and all the social media channels and LinkedIn, it's like, you know, as a business, a new business, you have to get on them. And the one thing I learned is you can't just give it to somebody to do. You have to, whether you're good at it or not, you have to learn it yourself. Um, Because once you do hire somebody or you get somebody to help you out, you almost have to explain to them your business and how it relates. And if you don't understand that social media channel, it's very difficult. I learned the hard way for like two years. I was like, just I'll give it to some young person that could yeah. run my Instagram. And I was like, oh, they don't even understand what my business is. So I had to go do it, even though I, I hate it. I hated all the, I, I don't love the <laughs> social media stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. But I learned the more I post, the more I kind of document, more of like documenting what we were doing and who we are, the more kind of buzz we got. So um, I get it. And I'm right. I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't mind being on camera and stuff like that, but it's running all the social channels and and you literally end up doing everything. You're like PR department, oh, yeah. marketing department, yep. sales department, insurance, accounting, yeah, yeah, yeah no, everything. Yeah, yeah. Like I've been every like shipping, customer service. You know, there. <laughs> it's it's interesting because like I tell my friends, oh, I have a customer service department, or I have like a shipping department. It's all me, right? At the end of the day, and yeah. and I'm also mom, so you know, first and oh, foremost, yeah. I'm mom. And that's my main priority. But um, yeah, I mean, but in a way, it totally, you know, allowed me to step out of my comfort zone and learn other skills that I didn't even know I had or that I could develop. You know, photography is one of them that I'm still trying to learn. I listen to podcasts Mm -hmm. all day, just trying to consume as much information as I can. Um, Because, yeah, I I feel like I owe it to the artisan families Mm. to, to really improve our business and because that in a way will improve their livelihood. You know, if I'm successful, they're successful and vice versa. And, and um, I mean, we're, I'm super proud of the fact that just recently I was able to locate additional artisans to work with and are, we actually go through a vetting process. So what I do Mm -hmm. is I make sure that the artisans that I work with, you know, our values align, everything is handmade, um, we try to meet with them. I haven't traveled to Mexico recently, but, you know, I do meet with them. I visit their workshops, which is usually their homes. <laughs> so I want to yeah. make sure that it's, it's some, it's full transparency on both sides and that we both are supporting our mission and, and, and our, and our values. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. Um, so uh, how is how is Mexico today? I mean, with pandemic, are things? I'm not too too familiar with what's happening down there. Is it things are still are things still pretty much shut down? How's the tourism going? Is it is it like here getting getting better than getting worse? And then like, how how is the tourism down in Mexico today? You know, from what I understand, it's improving. Um, there are certain areas in Mexico that are obviously more popular than others. Some yeah. of the artisans that I work with um, do live about three hours away from the main cities. So gotcha. for them, they are starting to see a little bit more tourism. And that's amazing. You know, that's yeah. one of the things that, you know, we were just talking about social media. I really try to promote the beauty of Mexico um, to, because then even at the pop-up events that I have, the conversation that I have with a lot of my customers is always around Mexico and how they love it and how they love the food and how they love the culture. And we're always on, we always end up talking about our favorite spots to, to visit. So I do see that there is an improvement in terms of tourism. Um, Some areas I think are more impacted than others. And for the families that I work with, you know, they've all been through, they have suffered from COVID and right now they're in a better position though. So it looks like it's improving overall. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Now, do you have, you mentioned, you know, learning new things, videos and podcasts. Do you, do you have, um, do you have any videos of like the artisans making these, these clothing? Is that, is that available online anywhere or? Yeah. So I just posted, you know, I also manage my own social media and that's why there's, it's kind of inconsistent because 
<laughs> you know, I'm my own social media manager. So well, it's like, well, I have let's to find plug that right now. How do people, what, what's your Instagram or, or Facebook? How do people find that? So you can find me um, on Instagram at origin underscore Mexico. And then gotcha. Facebook, it's at uh, origin Mexico goods. And my website mm. is originmexico.com. And there, I just uploaded a video a couple of days ago, um, and it's all about um, how Alicia, she's a, one of the new artisans that I was mentioning, she's hand painting these really cute Mexican hats. So you'll see the process of how she's hand painting them. Um, I did upload that. And then I have oh. other items that are coming in, some purses for springtime. And I also have a video, which I'll upload once those items are ready, um, of the artisan that is hand weaving the purses. So it's really cool. Yeah, that that is cool. And that's, I mean, like I said, I... For me, I, you know, I think, you know, I see clothing. I'm not really, my wife is more of the clothing person, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I see clothing, I'm like, cool. But then when you, like, you tell your story, I'm like, oh, that's literally made. Like, you know, you always see like handcrafted or hand labeled or, you know what I mean? You're like, okay, it's just a machine and somebody like whatever. But when you right. really hear your story and you're like, oh, wait, there is somebody in Mexico actually hand doing this, like, that is cool. And I think, you know, so for people to see the story and to see the video, um, I think that's what resonates with, with people because even, even with the brands that we work with, everyone wants to know they're starting to learn, right. It's even like everything from Mexico with like tequila and mezcal, you know, the beginning, you just, no one knew just tequila showed up on a shelf and we drank it. And then they start to learn <laughs> kind of like where it all comes from. And they're like, wait a minute, there's not like some beautiful distillery. Like, yeah, there's a few of them, but most of the most of it's farmers down in Mexico right. making mezcal, putting it in a bottle, and they see the process. They're like, "Oh my god, I didn't know that was the process." And you're like, "Yeah, that's these are local farmers that are doing this." And then it goes to the next step, the next step, the next step. Um, I think some people just think it's some shiny bottle, and they they can't trace it back. But everyone's learning now, and I think it's cool to like trace the story of not only your food and but the tequila and the mezcal, but the clothing as well to know where it's coming from. And it's not, we, we seen it now during the pandemic. I mean, we, we, you know, everything was coming from China. We couldn't get it. Yeah. There's a blockade off of California. We can't get it. We're right. just like, man, like we're, we're so reliant on these foreign, foreign, foreign countries, oceans away when there's, when there's stuff just across the border. Um, right. That, that we could be, that we could be getting, we could be supporting these people that could be doing stuff for us and, and helping them out. So, um, anyway, I think it's cool. And I'm glad, I'm glad that you got a bunch of videos cause I'm, I'm excited to check that out and we'll make sure we're sharing, um, a lot of your videos on our channels as well. So, um, that's really cool. Kudos to you. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that was really important for me in the beginning, you know, when I started this business, that I created this, this business plan. Um, and mm -hmm. the main priority for me was I really needed to, um, to highlight who the artisan was and how can I convey value, you know, and I, I think a lot of times we forget how valuable time is. And I know I do sometimes, you know, and, mm -hmm. and what was important for me is, okay, well, how can I really translate this? So, so I could appreciate it more. And when I learn about like the mezcal, you know, or, or tequila process, like how long it took, sometimes it takes, yeah. you know, years for, for yeah. you to actually enjoy something yeah. within minutes. Right. So yep. <clears throat> that was very important for me when, I started branding everything. I knew that I needed to attach something. So when our customers received their blouse or their dress, they knew that, okay, Doña Rocio in Oaxaca created this and it took her 30 hours to, yeah. hand, to handcraft or to hand embroider. And that was extremely important. And yeah, I mean, a lot of my customers love that fact because they feel like they're connecting to the artisan. They don't even know who this person is, but there is somewhat of a connection there. Yeah, I love it. That's that's super, super cool. Um, so your does your husband help you with the business at all or he's got his own? Own thing going on. He's got on. his own thing. Yeah. yeah, he he likes to say that he's my my like 
publicist or PR, like PR agent, because if he <laughs> sees things like on LinkedIn, he'll tag me. <laughs> mm. um, but, you know, no, he's, he's kind of off doing his thing. Um, my daughters, my, my eight year old, you know, funny enough, she was helping me get some packages ready the other day. So she places like the stickers on things and then she'll ask me about the items. And it's really cool because I could actually kind of transmit some of that, that the, the messaging. And while I, while I talk about things like I'll do Facebook lives or, or Instagram lives and they'll hear me talk about the artisans. And then later in the night or the next day, they'll ask me about it or they'll, they'll wear a dress and they'll actually ask me questions about it versus just putting something on because they need to go play outside. They really are curious about the process. I'm like, Oh, that's mm. actually really cool. Um, and I also teach them, you know, I'm a, first generation Mexican American. So my, all my family is born in Mexico. I'm the first generation. And it's important for me that we're able to really continue the traditions and the cultures with my daughters as well. And, and they also know that we're not only um, helping the artisans share their craft, but we support the nonprofit. Um, it's called Fundación Envía. So that was another component that was very important and, and special for me as well. Yeah. So this, this nonprofit, there's, what is it? A, a portion of all your sales go to this nonprofit? Yeah. So it's a portion of our proceeds um, is donated to Fundación Envía and they help artisan women uh, through microfinance loans. And what's mm. really cool about it is that aside from the loans, they give them a lot of tools and resources so they could also become financially independent. And that's, I wow. thought that was extremely amazing uh, what they're doing. And it's open to anybody. Anybody can check them out. It's called Fundación Envía. Um, and I'm actually also looking for a nonprofit in Austin where, that I could support. Um, and it's it's mainly just helping empower women uh, while they seek their financial independence and and giving them those tools so they could be successful. That's awesome. Yeah, let let me let me know who you find down in Austin. We're always we always try to give back ten percent of all of our events. Um, and uh, so if there's something local that you know that you nice. have, let let me know, please. I'd love to, I'd love to okay, love to work with cool. you. And you know, like I said, we're always we're always giving ten percent of whatever we make is always going back. Um, to oh, some that's charity. cool. You know, last year, last year we were helping the the bartenders. We we worked with another round, another rally, and. Um, you know, we're trying to help the hospitality community that was getting pretty beat down. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, I wanted, wanted to ask you too. It's like, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you're ha Mexican American, um, you're bringing a lot of culture um, to America. Do you think it's, you know, how, how's it being received? Like, how, how do you think Mexican culture is being received in America today compared to five years ago, to, compared to 10 years ago? Um, and I asked that because when I, when I started Arte Agave, um, you know, I fell, I fell in love with tequila. That was my, that was my first mm -hmm. thing. Um, and I, and I just started to discover like Reposado and got into mezcal. And then you always saw this, like, I don't know, kind of like bastardized culture around it, about everything mm -hmm. else that Americans were doing to it. So I try to create like an event and a platform where it could be as more authentic as possible. Um, you know, cause I just, I just feel like we were like, just here's a margarita, here's some lime and salt. <laughs> you're a single to yeah. mile, whatever kind of thing, you know? So I wanted your opinion on, you know, what do you think it's been like in the past and what do you, what do you feel like it is today? Um, are Americans embracing the Mexican culture better than they have been the same? Is it, or, you know, what's your thoughts around, around it today? Yeah. Um, you know, looking back, I really don't know how it was embraced before because I, I, I lived in Mexico, so I mm. um, I didn't really see any difference per se. Uh, but yeah. I do know now that the majority of my customers are Caucasian, like they yeah. or they're first generation or second generation or even third generation Mexican American. Um, and what's amazing about it, what I love to hear is you know through our pop ups or, or live events is. I hear this all the time. They will say, my grandmother used to wear these dresses. My mom mm. used to wear these dresses. I used to wear these dresses growing up. And 
they see them again and it's kind of like a timeless style. So it's very right. like Mexican um, modern, but it's a style that we've been able to modify a little bit. So it's a bit more modern. Um, and I love hearing these, these comments from our customers. So I feel like they really embrace it. Like they love yeah. the Mexican culture. They love Mexico. They love the food. They love the drinks. And you know, I, of course, I love Mexico. And, and we used to drink some mezcal in, in Oaxaca when my husband and I would travel. And actually, funny story, really quick. We, my husband and I visited um, Guadalajara several years ago. And co like coincidentally, we, we met Guillermo um, Sousa. Mm, wow. We were actually just at a boutique or... just randomly. <laughs> really? <laughs> so we were actually, yep. So we were actually at a, uh, we, we went to Tlaquepaque in Guadalajara and we were in this little tiny boutique hotel because I love small boutique hotels that have a lot of character. Yep. And we stayed, we stayed in one. And I remember that my husband was talk, was chatting away with this older gentleman by the pool. We were in the pool and I just said hi from distance. And the next day we saw him at the pool again. We had no idea who he was. And we started just having a great conversation, great time with him. And later in the conversation, he said, hey, um, so I, uh, you know, I'm my, my name is Guillermo. Um, and I'm my a man. Like, yeah. He's like, wait. It's like, Guillermo Salsa. I'm like, wait, what? And um, so later that evening, he was having dinner at the still at the hotel. He was having dinner with some of his friends that are from the States. And he invited us over to dinner. And of course, we had amazing tequila. Whoa. And we were there to like 3 a.m., you know, Whoa. just chatting and yeah. having tequila. And he had, I don't even know what I had, to be quite honest with you, but I know that it was yeah. delicious. And it was quite an experience because it's funny now when we mentioned that to some people like, oh, yeah, we met with we met him and we were drinking <laughs> with him till 3 a.m. one day. <laughs> and it was just like so random. <laughs> that is the best. And I've you know, I've worked um, you know, I worked actually for some bourbon brands and I've, I've been like I've been around a few master distillers and I tell people I'm like, yeah, I was in the warehouse and we drilled into a barrel and tasted it. And people are like, what? Like you just went in with the person who makes this bourbon and yeah. just drilled a hole and started drinking. And like, I'm like, yeah, but those, those are like the best stories. They're kind of like the random, just hanging out with yeah. somebody who actually is like one of the godfathers of tequila. Um, that's really, and, and really cool. House in La Jolla in, in San Diego. So mm. that's how my husband and I, or him started to, you know, talk was he realized that we're, we were from San Diego and he lived in or had a house in La Jolla at that point. But yeah, great, uh, great man. Just amazing conversation. And yeah, I just remember we, we had an amazing time. That's awesome. That's so cool. So cool. Um, so what's, what's next? I mean, the business a couple years in, right. You're getting off the ground, you're learning all the, everything, um, what, what's the plans for 2022? Anything, anything major you're trying to add on to anything, any more events you're trying to do? Uh, what, what's your, what's your game plan? Yeah. So 2022 is, I think an exciting year for us because mm -hmm. my goal is to be able to expand our current group of artisan families and, maybe increase it by three or four. So I really want to, that's my new, goal for the product year. lines or the same, same kind of product lines or uh, possibly new product lines. So yeah. maybe some more home decor, some more accessories. Mm. And I get a lot of feedback from my customers. I usually ask them what they would like to see. Um, a lot of mm. the, the men that attend the pop-ups, they always ask about, clothing for them. <laughs> so I may <laughs> introduce, they're like, what about me? So I, I'm, I'm talking to, to some artisans right now that uh, can possibly produce some guayaberas for men. And we live in the what is that? wedding Describe capital. Describe that to people. What oh, the it? guayaberas. It's, yeah. Oh, the guayaberas. So it's like a formal um, shirt for, for men. And okay. it's like the, like the Cuban, you typically see them like the Cuban button up, 
shirts, yep. linen. Um, so we have them in, in Mexico as well. And you could, you have the long sleeve ones or you have the short sleeve ones. So a lot of men here specifically in Texas because of the weather mm. are, have been requesting that. So okay. yeah, I'm excited that I've started some conversations with artisans that are able to produce some of these items that have been highly requested by our customers. And, and like I mentioned, my other goal is to be able to partner with a nonprofit in Austin, since I'm based out of Austin, it would be amazing that that I could also collaborate and, and give back to a nonprofit here in addition to the one in Oaxaca. Yeah. So how is Austin these days? I mean, I, I feel like like I mentioned earlier, I was like a flood of a million people from California went to Austin. <laughs> is it just an ever-growing city? I mean, there's so many people that move there. I know Elon Musk moved there with his company. Um, is it is it getting too many people or what, what's happening in Austin these days? Well, our joke with my husband and I is that since we're here now, we're like, okay, nobody can, nobody else can can come in and, and live and, you know, or move to Texas. We're here now, you. so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Keep out. <laughs> um, we're settled, so we're good. Um, no, good. I feel like it's it's uh, it's growing at a tremendous rate. Um, yeah. I live in Dripping Springs, so I am maybe five minutes away from from mm. breweries and and distilleries, and so it we love this area in particular. But no, I mean it's growing tremendously. There are so many new businesses that are being introduced. Um, new, I mean, even in our in our neighborhood, it's a fairly new community. So every yeah. day there is uh, somebody moving in from different states: Colorado, Florida, California. And yeah, I mean, it's even it's hard to yeah, it's hard to knock it. I mean, I, I went there. I mean, I went there just for like a day a couple of years ago. Cause I was mm -hmm. like, I want to, I want to bring Arte Agave here. And then I went with a couple of friends for a weekend and they were like big foot football guys. So it was a couple of college games. And the first thing I noticed, I was like, Oh my God, everyone is so nice. Like yes. I, I mean, I'm from New York. Like I've been lived in New York and I, I think New Yorkers are nice, but you know, I was down there and like my friends were from LSU and there was the Texas guys and it was like two 30 in the morning at bars. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be the nicest people in the world. So friendly. Yeah. Oh, oh, good game. Good game, gentlemen. Good game. I was like, what college is this? For? I was like, what's going on here? And then everywhere yeah. we went to eat, everywhere we went to go. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, this is like super friendly. And then then we when we came down for our Tegave, we I was like, Emily, I told my wife, I'm like, you gotta come a few days and we gotta go eat some food and hang out. Yes. And again, the hospitality, the food was amazing. It was just and that's probably one of the problems is too. Everyone that goes to Austin comes back like Austin's awesome. You should go to, you should go to Austin. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was our same experience as well. So we lived in, in San Diego and I don't know, like our, it was very refreshing to see that people here would actually make eye contact or right. would actually the basics, the like, basics. Ask you, yeah, yeah, the basics. Yeah. yeah. Ask Hi. you how Hi. your day was. Hi. Yeah. I know. And they, um, and they, you know, they honestly they mean it. That's the thing too. Is like some people say <laughs> yes. hi and they don't really mean it or they ask you about your day. In Austin, they were like, they're like, how's your day going? I'm like, oh, it's really good. And then they would respond to that. I was like, oh, this is, this is actually a real thing. This is not just a <laughs> walking by and I'm getting my coffee kind of thing. Um, it's like a yeah. real conversation for two minutes. Oh, absolutely. And that was our first experience. And we just fell in love with that. I remember um, when we first moved in, we lived in an apartment while they built their house. And the day that my husband, he was, he came here before we did, but he was unpacking a couple of things. A uh, neighbor, which now we've become amazing friends, a neighbor within minutes, he asked if he needed any help. Do you need any help unpacking? And this is like, we're not used to this, right? Yeah. Um, we're like, like, oh, okay. get away. What are you doing uh, over here? <laughs> Especially me coming from Tijuana. We're like, okay, wait, you're always like, right. okay, what what's do you going want? on here? Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't want what you're saying. Um, exactly. Exactly. So my husband's like, hey, and he texted me. He said, I've met this amazing family. I'm like, what? You just got there like five minutes ago. And he's like, no, they're amazing. And yes, I mean, then I arrived about a week after that point. And now we're best of friends. And this is two years ago. Awesome. And, and this is just, it's, it's, a, it's kind of explains how people are genuine. 
their hospitality. They really do care about you. Uh, that's the experience that we've had, which is extremely refreshing because I know mm. it, we haven't had that experience elsewhere. And uh, it's very family oriented and we're all about that as well. And there's like a ton of things to do in Austin. It is growing tremendously. I mean, it's getting super expensive right now as well. I heard. And yeah. yeah, and traffic. It's funny because when we first moved in, people were like, oh, traffic, it's terrible in Austin. I mean, for us, we're coming from Southern California. So we're like, oh, this is amazing. Like, yeah, I know. As a a New Yorker, I was like, this is not bad at all. Traffic's moving. Like, that's like in New York, it just stops. Like, at least in Austin, I was like, oh, it's it's moving. Like, at least it's going. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But no, we love it. I mean, I really. I have no regrets of moving to Texas, moving to Austin specifically, and even Dripping Springs. It's a very small community um, and everyone is very welcoming. Uh, The one thing that I don't like about Texas is uh, the wildlife. (laughs) Mm. I mean, and like the, you have like a lot of insects, like scorpions and snakes and things of like that, that I wasn't used to in San Diego. (laughs) Yeah, just normal out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Um, so obviously, you know, you're, you're you started a business. Is there anything to anybody who's going to start a business? You know, is there learnings that you could give to somebody right now, or something you would do differently, or what would you tell somebody who's trying to start an online business similar to yours? Um, and any words of wisdom that you could that you could share? Wow, words of wisdom. I think or things I that you say. things that you would do differently, or maybe you wish you would have done better, or you know, just anything like that. I would, I would say, uh, go for it. Even if you yeah. feel like there is any self doubt, just you know, do it. You'll learn. You know, um, there are so many tools that are available online, and just to connect through connecting with other people. Um, There are so many different resources that are available. But one of the things that I know held me back was the self-doubt and not believing Mm. that I could actually do it, you know, or or making up excuses. And that's just reality is I would make up a lot of excuses. Is there any specific excuses that you just told yourself? Yeah, I, you know, I had no experience whatsoever in e-commerce, no experience in fashion, no experience in any of that. My whole experience was all in real estate management and development. Um, But I knew that I could utilize some of those skills that I acquired Mm. through my previous role and sort of implement into what I was doing or what I wanted it to do. Um, Mm. But I did go through a period where I, you know, made a lot of mistakes of whether it be um, selections, you know, uh, fashion or styles, or just didn't make the best decisions. And, or even like, because everything's all handmade, I have to plan things three to four months in advance. So it's not Mm. like I could just call somebody up and, Hey, I need blouses, you know, tomorrow I have to project and I have to plan everything way ahead of time. Um, So I would just maybe say, push through those doubts as much as you can and, if you have a good support system, I have an amazing support system with my family and my husband. He's always believed in me and, and my mission. And yep. I would, I would just say, do it. Um, you'll, you'll find the answers along the way. <laughs> That's, that is amazing, amazing things to say. And I kind of tell people that as well, like you got to just start, just start and, and, and do it. And you're going to get smacked all over the place. Um, right. but the funny thing is, is like, once you do it and you start that process, you do start to find the answers, like, but you got to start it. Yes. I think that's what people just never do. They never start it because they see, I always say, you know, you, you, there's two types of people. There's the ones that see what they want and there's other type that see the thing that prohibits them from getting what they want. Um, and that's, you know, the problem, the person over there is never get started because they just keep seeing the problem. They keep seeing the problem. But if you see what you want and you start all those things will start to come through. You know, you'll start to problem solve. If you're a good problem solver, I almost, I hate it in the beginning, but now I kind of, I kind of like it. I kind of like that. All yeah. right, here comes a 
yep. thing. We got to figure that we got to figure this out. My team is always like, Oh, what is Walt doing now? And I'm like, we're going to figure this out. Like we're going to figure this out. Like, and it's a challenge. So they, they all, it's like, they all know now my whole team is like, no is not an option. And you know, cause they always turn used to turn to me like, no, nah, that's not possible. And I'm like, you sure? Are you sure that's not possible? Right. Because I think I've seen somebody do it one time somewhere. Um, yeah. so I think you got it. Like you said, you're smiling you're kind of falling in love with the process. And I always tell people that want to be entrepreneurs. Like if you don't love the process, just don't do oh, it. Yeah. Like, just don't do it because it's going to be the, the craziest roller coaster ride, um, of your life. And if, and you got to f- love that process of failing and figure it out because I like it now, because when, when, when the big things come in, I got a, I got a problem to solve it. I know what it looks like on the other side. I'm like, if I can get through this, right. it's going to be better, right? So I have all these like terrible moments of my career, but on the other side, they all just laterally kind of get better and get better and get better. Um, and again, I've kind of like, it seems like you you have as well. You've sort of fallen in love with that process of problem solving. Um, you know, like, let's see what's next. Let's go figure this out. So I think that's really, really cool. And I think that's a, a great message to young entrepreneurs. Yeah, you know, and you'll have good days, bad days, and you'll learn through your your mistakes and you'll just reapply those those lessons learned. And the other thing that I would really like to encourage that has oh, helped you froze me, on me sort of over. Oh, is that there better? That's better. Okay. You're back. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that has allowed me to kind of push through some of those challenges is to uh, keep in mind your why. And mm. don't forget about why you're doing things, you know, and it could be a, num- a number of things for me. It's, it's a, a group of things, right? It's, um, it's allowing me to spend time with my family, which is one of the most important yeah. things, but it's also allowing me to, to help artists and women that don't have the same opportunities that I do, um, or the same resources. And perhaps later in their generations, they'll have the same opportunities that I have because, my grandparents took that leap of faith as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, just don't forget about your why. That's going to really allow you to keep that focus and it'll allow you to push through some of the most uncomfortable situations, I think, is is keeping yeah. in mind why you're doing things. Yeah. And my my daughter, my well, the 10-year-old I've mentioned, she hates mm-hmm. school, hates school, hates being told <laughs> what to do, hates school, hates being told what to do. And then they're having like a career day next week. And she's like, I don't know what I want to do. And I, I was like, why do you have to choose one thing? And she's like, daddy, stop being all weird. I'm like, I'm not yeah. being weird. I said, but you, I said, you hate being told what to do. You hate mm-hmm. all this stuff. I said, do you, do you want a career where you, where you're like an employee and someone tells you what to do? She's like, no. I'm like, well then, then listen to me. I listen to what we're doing. Like I'm trying to be, you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm trying to, trying to get her to open up her mind too. And, 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 push a not not push but just kind of sprinkle a little of the entrepreneurship yeah. onto her being like you don't have to choose one thing in life you can right. choose several things and be several things and and be whoever you want to be and create your own thing um so i'm trying to like take that hate she has for like learning and being told what to do <laughs> yeah and kind of put it into like exploring other things and other options totally and, and, you know i want my daughter to be happy at the end of the day not just right. go through life um, checking boxes. So was it, you, you mentioned your grandparents were your grandparents or your, your parents, were they entrepreneurial? Did they own businesses or wh- where did you get, you know, this kind of, I mean, I know you're trying to get out of the bit, the job you had, but where, where do you get the entrepreneurial spirit from? Is there one person or several people that you get inspired from? I think it was several people. Um, it started with my grandparents. So hmm. my grandmother and my grandfather, they, moved from Durango to Tijuana in the 70s. And they came from very humble beginnings. Um, So I think that I was very much inspired by their perseverance. Um, Like you mentioned before, it's everything has a solution and you just have to find the best approach to tackle that situation. Um, There is always a solution to any problem. It could, maybe it's not the solution that you envisioned, but there is a solution. Um, So they, you know, they came from very humble beginnings and they started um, like a little fruit stand outside Mm. of their house. They literally sold maybe five bananas, five tomatoes, and that's all they had. Wow. Wow. Years later, um, they, they started several, and my grandfather actually worked in um, California 
So they lived in in Mexico, but he would cross the border. <laughs> I mean, he's not American, <laughs> but he would like literally work in the fields. And wow. then he would return to make to Tijuana to help my grandmother with her children. Um, and through that, I feel like, man, I owe it to my family to just yeah. do something to honor all their sacrifices. Yep. So they started this little fruit stand and throughout their work ethic, because my grandmother has an amazing, amazing work ethic and she's a great um, strategist in a way, like she knew exactly what to invest in. Hmm. So they then uh, began investing in, in real estate in Mexico. And because of their many, many, many sacrifices, they were able to give us their grandchildren a better future, um, wow. you know, just to be able to decide where to go to school, what to study, what yeah. to do with our lives. And a lot of people are not fortunate to have that. It's something that, you know, I try not to take for granted, but yeah, yeah but you're deciding doing something what, with it. You know, you're not just yeah, sitting there. Yeah, totally. Like, oh, yeah. 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 That's awesome. And, and I, th you know, my mom as well, she, I think she learned it through my grandparents, but my mom um, as well has an amazing work ethic and she had several businesses. She never worked for a company or maybe she did, maybe she did like for a year mm. um, when I was very young, but she's, they've always worked. They always had their own business and, and awesome. it was, I know. And I didn't know that I had this want or or this desire because I worked in real estate yeah. for another company. You for were so surrounded many years. by it for so long that it's just so long. Yeah. 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 And then I know like something just clicked, you mm -hmm. know, like when you're working your career, you don't feel fulfilled. And yep. it sort of happened yep. one day. Yeah. <laughs> Ninety percent of we, people who just there. listened to this were like, Yep, I agree. I agree. You know, it 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 happened. This is the moment that I realized corporate, the corporate world was not for me. I was having a conversation with my previous um, supervisor, who was an amazing mentor to me, and they were building their succession plan for our company, for our organization. And she essentially asked me whether I wanted to take on this role which is an amazing role that would allow me that financial security, you know, ambitious. It would be great to have this title. Um, and I remember thinking specifically when she shared this with me, I wasn't excited about it. I, anyone else yeah. would have been like, yes, like yeah. I, I did it. Amazing. Yeah. You know, I have this, this title on my business card. It's going to be yeah. great. I'll be paid all this, you know, money. And I remember thinking, wow, this is not, I should be extremely happy right now. And I'm not, it's not, I don't envision the rest of my life yeah. going, you know, down this path. And yeah. so I went home, I thought about it. I said no <laughs> to this amazing opportunity. Wow. And a couple mm -hmm. of years, like a year after that, I quit <laughs> because wow. it just, it wasn't, you know, yes, everyone, it's appealing to have a uh, high paying job and, and it's amazing, but it just, it, I realized that it wasn't for me. Makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of people are kind of going through that right now with the, um, the pandemic, you know, they realize they're in these unfulfilling jobs, um, mm -hmm. that they've had and, and, uh, they're coming through it on the other end, trying to find, uh, other things to do. Oh, I think, I think, Esmond, I think you've paused again. Oh no. Are you there? Okay, let's see. Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you fine. Just your your video. Okay. There you go. You're you're back. Um, okay. Well, listen, I I appreciate. I've taken up an hour of your time. I appreciate it. I think ending the note on, you know, just start your own fruit stand. Like just start. Like your grandparents. <laughs> yes. Like just start somewhere, and you know, a fruit stand led to real estate. You know, like a good business in real estate. Like, I think that's that would be my message too to even young kids. It's like you're not. You're not going to have, you know, the giant, giant billion dollar business. Sometimes you just got to start with the fruit stand. You know, you start with yes. the fruit stand and then you can start, you can, you can learn all those little things about sales and, and marketing. Just, just, just start <laughs> your fruit stand. 
Um, and you'll never, you, you know, then you can see where you can go um, with business and life. So uh, Yasmin, it's been really, really cool getting to know you and I appreciate you. Um, again, just at, at the end of this, tell everyone how to find your businesses, your website, your Instagrams. Um, can, can you repeat that again? Yeah. So you can find me online at originmexico.com. On Instagram, I'm at origin underscore Mexico. And on Facebook, it's at origin Mexico goods. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, I appreciate you. I know we're going to be talking again. I think we got to figure out that charity I want involved. <laughs> and then, um, you know, we'll see everybody, Arte Agave, Austin, Texas, uh, in October. Um, I know that's like nine months away, but, um, <laughs> I'm excited to get back to Austin. I'm excited to do the Arte Agave event with you. So, uh, thank you for this. And, and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Bye everybody. <laughs>